This is Trek FM. Helling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Monday, June 23rd, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and we have two stories for you today. Star Trek The Compendium to combine both JJ films plus bonus features, and the Okudas talk Orsia's director, Netflix, and the future of Star Trek. First up, when Paramount released Star Trek Into Darkness on home video, the fanfare that the studio had hoped for was replaced by outrage. I know I certainly was very unhappy with what they did. And for those who enjoy bonus features like me, which is one of the key reasons why I buy Blu-rays in the first place, there was no way to get all the content that was produced. What Paramount did is they, you'll probably remember this, they split up the bonus content amongst various retail outlets. So if you were in the United States, you would have to get one edition from Target and one edition from Best Buy and one edition from iTunes and so forth. I think there were five or six in all that you would have to buy if you wanted to get a comprehensive collection of all the bonus features that were produced. Now, obviously, this made fans very, very angry and Paramount really shot themselves in the foot. Finally, our voices have been heard, and a new collection is coming in September that will bring both Abramsverse films and all of the existing special features into one box. Now, if you're somewhat cynical, like I am, when you hear this, you probably think, this was the plan all along. Let's split everything up, get as many people as possible to buy multiple copies, and then, a year later, we will release a new edition that has everything in it. Well, I don't know if that's exactly what's going on here. Certainly, that is the first thought. It's the first thought that popped into my head as well. But Paramount is actually working on a rebate offer for all of us who bought Star Trek Into Darkness on Blu-ray. So it does seem that they did hear the outcry. They understand that fans are very unhappy with what they did. And now they're making some effort, albeit far, far too late, to make up for the blunder. So here's what you're going to get. It's a four-disc set. Two discs are Star Trek 2009. That includes all of the bonus features that were originally included with that two-disc release. And then two discs are Star Trek Into Darkness. This is a Blu-ray special edition. The first disc will include the IMAX version of the film, along with enhanced audio commentary. Now, I saw both the IMAX version and the standard version in the theater. Well, I saw the standard one at Paramount's offices on a smaller screen, and then the IMAX one I saw on a huge IMAX 3D screen, which was just brilliant. It was so beautiful. And the footage differs, though. But I saw them so far apart, a couple of months apart, that I couldn't really compare you know, what's different about each one, even though I kind of know from from behind the scenes stuff that I've watched and read. But you'll get the IMAX version finally on there. And the enhanced audio commentary, you know, I'm not 100% sure from what I'm reading here that this is the same enhanced audio commentary that they released last year. The one they released last year was only available through iTunes. And so I actually bought the movie on iTunes so that I could get the enhanced audio commentary. And I had originally pre-ordered Star Trek Into Darkness on Blu-ray from the United States. 
before I knew they were going to split everything up. And when I heard they're splitting everything up, I canceled my order, which I think is probably what a lot of fans did and helped to get their attention a little bit on this. I waited for the Japanese release to come out and I got the Japanese Steelbook Edition, which included all of the extra features that were released in the U.S., except for the enhanced audio commentary. So I still needed the iTunes edition for that. The commentary that we're going to get in this set features J.J. Abrams, visual effects supervisor Roger Guyot, co-producer Tommy Harper, composer Michael Giacchino, editors Marianne Brandon and Mary Jo Markey, DP Dan Mendel, and second unit DP Bruce McLeary, producer Brian Burke, and writer-producer Damon Lindelof. So I think this is the same one, it seems. And what they did with this, if you haven't seen it, is that it's not a normal commentary. They actually pause the video, and they rewind, and they draw things up on the screen, if I remember correctly. I haven't watched it in a long time. It takes a lot longer than the actual duration of the film to get through the commentary, And they keep bringing new sets of people in to talk about different portions of the film as you go along, which sounds like a good idea in theory, but I actually was bothered a little bit by it because what would happen is you would have these people talking about the movie during a section where I really wanted to hear J.J. Abrams talking, or I really wanted to hear Damon Lindelof talking, but instead I was hearing these other people talking about one aspect of production that isn't what I want to know about at that point in time. So I'm not a big fan of this, actually. I prefer the discs that have multiple audio commentaries, like the Prime Universe Star Trek films, where you'll get to hear from the creatives on one track, and then you'll get to hear from the writers on another track, for example. That's what I prefer. So anyway, that's the commentary that's going to be on here, though. And that's on the first disc with the IMAX version. Then also, you're going to get the special features that were created, Creating the Red Planet, Attack on Starfleet, The Klingon Homeworld, The Enemy of My Enemy, Ship to Ship, Brawl by the Bay, and Continuing the Mission, and also the one that was exclusive to Target, The Voyage Begins Again, Rebuilding the Enterprise, Vengeance is Coming, Mr. Spock and Mr. Spock, Kirk and Spock, and Visual Affection, and these are, again, all the ones that you got only on the Target disc, but I do have them on my Japanese steelbook edition. There's also going to be trailers and all six of the Best Buy Cinema Now exclusive featurettes, which included Down with the Ship, National Ignition Facility, Home of the Core, Safety First, Unlocking the Cut, The Sound of Music and Effects, and Aliens Encountered. Those are all going to be on there as well. So (laughs) I think with that rundown right now, if you didn't know about this for some reason and you don't know why everyone was outraged, well, I think that pretty much explains it, right? You saw how many of those I said were exclusive to Target and how many were exclusive to Best Buy. So you can understand why people were upset. There's also going to be all new deleted scenes, a new photo gallery, a gag reel, and two new featurettes fitting the future and property of Starfleet. So this is going to be coming in September. Like I said, there is a rebate offer in the works. I don't know yet what that's going to be. Hopefully it will be generous. I really think they need to make amends with all the fans that they upset because we're the people who keep Star Trek alive. We're the people who buy this merchandise and we really should be treated better than we were by Paramount last year. So good to see this anyway. 
I'll put a link in the show notes to an article over on treknews.net, which is where I read about this. And they do a really good job over there of breaking down exactly what is on every single disk, including the branching pods as well. I didn't want to go into all of it here because otherwise I would spend 25 minutes telling you what's on the disks. It's quite comprehensive. So go check that out at treknews.net. You'll find the link in the show notes here in the podcast if you look in the comment section, but you can go to our website as well and you'll find those links there. And let me know, did you buy Star Trek Into Darkness on Blu-ray last year? And did you buy more than one edition like I did? And will you be picking up this one, especially if the rebate offer is reasonable? Because again, unless you bought at least three different editions, there's no way that you have all the featurettes that I just listed right here or the IMAX version. All right, let's go on to the next story. The next story is about Mike and Denise Okuda. And you know, few people have had more influence over the look and feel of Star Trek over the years than they have. And dare I say, no one knows more about Star Trek than they do. I really don't think there's anybody that has the comprehensive knowledge of Star Trek that Mike and Denise have. They've worked on every modern Star Trek series TNG, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise. They've worked on many of the films. Mike started working on The Voyage Home, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. So they have been around forever. And of course, you know, all the the Elcar's interface and all the graphics that you see are affectionately known as Okudagrams because of their work on here. Well, in a new interview with TrekMovie.com, the Trek Dream Team shared their thoughts on Roberto Orsi directing the next movie the rumors of a Star Trek series on Netflix, where they would take the franchise themselves and more. And I'm going to pull just a few excerpts out here for you to give you a taste of this interview. About Orsi, they say they're cautiously optimistic, which is exactly what I said a few days on here as well. I think that's the best approach. I've seen a lot of people get really, really upset about Roberto Orsi being given this gig of directing the next film, but I I think we should be optimistic And caution is warranted, no doubt, because he has not directed anything before. But that doesn't mean he won't do a good job. They say Orsi is not only a skilled storyteller, but he obviously has a deep fondness for Star Trek. We're excited to see what he does. And I agree with them on that. They also say they have not heard anything about Star Trek and Netflix, but they are fascinated by all the new distribution options. Same for me. I mean, Trek FM. If I had wanted to do this network five years ago, well, I've been doing it about four. So five, maybe 10 years ago, though, I wouldn't have been able to do this because I didn't have this distribution method that I'm using right now. And it's far more difficult when you're dealing with television shows. But Hulu and Netflix and even Amazon is getting into the game now as well, are really making it possible uh, for people to do big things with less money and more flexibility. So I'm fascinated by it as well. For fans who think that it should be an easy thing for CBS to put together a new Star Trek series, because I'm sure they know that we all want it, but there are more things at play here than that. And Mike and Denise say that the decision to proceed with a Star Trek series or any other production is always a complicated one that must take into account a surprising number of factors that might not be immediately obvious. And I think that's the key point there. There are 
certainly factors that I'm not aware of because I don't work in television, but because I do work in creative and publishing and I have for more than 20 years now, I'm well aware of a number of factors that come into play with production that the average person doesn't even think about. And that's what I see a lot with Star Trek fans who are calling for a new series. There are things on the business side that we just don't know about that really do hold this stuff up. And that's what Mike and Denise talk about in this interview. They go on to say a new Star Trek series would be a huge financial commitment and a large financial risk, no matter how successful the show has been in the past. At the end of the day, the studio will proceed with a new Trek series only if and when it makes sense for it at that particular time. And I think that is a great and very clear statement. These guys, Mike and Denise Okuda, they know from the inside everything that goes in to putting together a Star Trek series. And so that's some very level-headed analysis of the realities of all the rumors that are swirling these days. But I hope we get something in 2016. I'm, I'm really hanging on there. I'm hoping. 50th anniversary year. I hope it happens. So they go on to talk about the visual and the art design of the Abramsverse films and whether or not they might be involved in the next movie. And as I mentioned up front as well, they talk about what they would do with Star Trek if they were in charge. So go over to trekmovie.com and read the full interview. It's quite a long interview. And let me know what you think about the Okuda's thoughts on Star Trek and its future. Do you agree with them on Orsi? Do you agree with what they have to say about the Abramsverse, the Netflix rumors, and where they would take Star Trek as well? I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Now, I do have a network update for you to close out the show. It's Monday, and that means the original series and Standard Orbit. And this week, Mike and Drew are looking at unlikely spinoffs of the original series. And they ask, did you ever wish that there was more than the existing episodes and films that take place in the Star Trek universe? They talk about three possible crossovers that you might not have considered. How does Michael Knight fit into Star Trek continuity? Does the Django Unchained eventually lead into Star Trek? And what else did J.J. Abrams bring into the universe? Find out all this and more in what they are calling a mind-exploding episode. And I think they're calling it that because Drew said at one point that Mike really blew his mind. So find out what they're talking about. You'll find the episode in your feeds right now if you subscribe to the individual feed for Standard Orbit or to the Trek FM Complete Master Feed. You can catch them everywhere you get your podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker Swell, Blackberry, SoundCloud. We're all over the place. Or go to our website, stream from there, and grab the RSS link. We'd also like to take a moment and thank Apple for making us the featured network for their This Week On section on the podcast's front page this week. This just kicked off today, and this is an area where Apple spotlights networks each week, and we're really honored that they have chosen us for this week, and we have all 16 of our shows prominently placed in the store. And if you're finding Hyper Channel for the first time today as a result of this, I hope you'll check out all of our other shows, which cover every Star Trek series, movies, characters, books, comics, music, science, creative beyond Star Trek, and more. We cover every facet of the Star Trek universe here on Trek FM, and you'll find all of those there in the iTunes store. 
Well, that's our look at news for today. If you're streaming the show from our site, remember that you can have it delivered directly to your device of choice by subscribing to the Hyper Channel Show feed or to the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed, which contains every episode of every show that we do and some other special audio content as well from time to time. As I mentioned earlier, I'd love to chat with you about these stories today and anything in the world of Star Trek. You can find me on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones. That's the letter C and Brian with a Y. You can find me on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash C Brian Jones. And you can find the network in these places. On Twitter, our username is TrekFM. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash TrekFM. On G+, just search communities for Trek.fm and you'll find us there. We have forums at trek.fm slash forums, a contact form at trek.fm slash contact, which comes to me by email, and you can even leave us a voicemail through the website. Well, thanks for listening today, everyone. I hope your week is off to a great start, and I'll be back tomorrow with some more stories for you. Until then, go watch some Trek. <laughs>